3: piece of tape across him letting you know nobody's to sit there so i just sat beside that chair and um sure enough quentin tarantino sat right next to me for the movie Whoa. so so the Whoa. fans that came to meet me ended up sitting right in front and i have a pretty infectious laugh i have kind of like a burt reynolds laugh and i really get going and i kept laughing at everything kurt russell was doing in the movie and we get to the intermission and tar- as soon as the lights go up tarantino turns re- like turns over to me and he goes you are the only person I've watched this with that actually laughs at the right parts. This is great. <laughs> and, 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 and he gets up and he goes goes off somewhere, like to get a drink or something. And the fans sitting in front of me turn around and go, dude.
1: Pocket party.
3: And we're back. Hey, everybody. I am so delighted,
2: so excited to have a very special guest. You know him from YouTube and many other things. Please
3: welcome the one and only Jordan the Lion. Hey, Darren. Thanks. Thanks for having me on your show. I, uh, I'm actually one of your listeners, so it's kind of fun to get to do this. Hang out oh, with you. Oh, man.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I always like how you start all your videos. You're like, well, hello there. I just, It's like a welcoming kind of thing, you know?
3: It's my Mr. Rogers. That was like, as a kid, but I love, Mr. Rogers kind of like welcomed you into his show and into his world for the day. So that's always my, like, hey, you're welcome here if you want to be here.
2: That's great, man. You know, what's interesting is uh, I've been wanting to uh, have you on the show for a long time. Uh, I'll tell you that when I first heard about you, and this is what it's really a trip to me. I was standing in the parking lot of the comedy store about, I want to say, three years ago. It's been a while. And I was taught maybe four. I was talking to Sam Tripoli and we were talking about YouTube and just comedy and where it's going and, you know, how to get ourselves out there. And he was like, I got this buddy, and it was you, but I didn't know. He's like, he does a travel show, and he just he just kept banging out the videos, and he just didn't give up, man. He just kept putting them out and kept working, and and uh, eventually it caught on, and and now he's able to to travel, and and I was picturing like, I don't know what I was picturing, like when they say travel vlogger, I was picturing like like uh, like drones and like. Paris and just people that are, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't what I was picturing. <laughs> and so then I was like, Oh, it's so cool. I, I liked the message of his, what he was saying. Um, and then uh, just randomly I would hear, you you know, like, like uh, um, uh, I was, I was watching a uh, YouTube one night and I stumbled on one of your videos and then I got I got I got sucked in. I was like, Oh, this is so cool! It was like an Andy Griffith one. I think he might have been in Toluca Lake. And then I, just, you know how it is. You once your person puts out good content, you're like, Oh, what's this video about? What's this one? And then and then, but then in the meantime, I kept hearing your name from I think Steve Simone and a few other people. And then I, then it then it just clicked. I'm like, Wait a second! I mean that that internet guy that I'm watching, you guys know him. And then then I think I, and then I saw like some Jeff Scott vlogs from the comedy store. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, like I, I may have met him in real life and not even known. Like, anyways, I just, that's, that's, I'll probably edit all this out, but I just wanted to say how I really, no, I'll leave it in. I'll leave it in. How much I, uh, I, uh, how weird the world is. And then, uh, and then you're actually, now you're on my show. So thank you.
3: Oh, dude, it's, um, well, you know, my life for years was kind of stagnant. I was, I came to Los Angeles to play music and I got, you know, I did it for like 10 years. And then just one day I just felt like I had done what I wanted. I felt like I had wrote the songs and said what I wanted to say. And I was kind of like, not sure what to do next. And, um, I would go and hang out at the comedy store in the dead years and that was like the birth of podcasting. So it was kind of cool. I was listening to like Joey Diaz and Sam Tripley and a lot of these guys. And you go to the comedy store and nobody else there knew they had a podcast. So they all ended up taking me under their wing. And um, and even though I wasn't trying to be a comic, we all like they all befriended me. And um, and so at one point somebody called me and said, Why are you not doing stand-up comedy? Like you should be doing, you should try it. And so yeah. I said, "Well, I don't. I just don't like. I like stand up, but I don't like repetition of doing a same joke and working it and everything." And and the person said, "You know, it's not about being funny, or it, it's about being knowing that you're interesting and that you have something to say." And um and so I started trying stand up at open mics for about a month, and also simultaneously started doing this vlog just because I felt like as someone who wanted to be I wanted to be like a character actor and I just couldn't get and I couldn't get someone to let me in the room to see me and um, and for me I just thought well I have this cool town that I live in why not try and like show some of it and um, I realized quickly I didn't want to do stand-up but everything that went into being a stand-up which was the going and trying every night, you know, getting on stage and making mistakes. So you learn all that stuff. I just said, well, if I do it in vlogging, if I like the one thing I, I don't have to pay for it, I have a camera phone. I can go out and see all the cool things that people take for granted that live here. And that's where it all started. And I was friends with Sam Tripoli. We used to walk our dogs at the park together. And one day I said to him, I'm like, Sam, it seems to me that comedians the the best way to get people into your comedy is for them to know more about you why aren't people not on youtube like why are more stand up comedians not on youtube where they can be themselves and just take questions and live stream and Sam got to thinking and like, man, I unleashed a monster. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know. You're right, because he's so good at it. He really is uh he's almost like a mentor to me because every now and then I'll I'll dip down and be like, what am I doing? Like this isn't, you know. And then he's just like, no, dude. And he'll he'll always hit me with some wisdom, whether it's, you know, make make a daily list of gratitude or just something that's like you know, and uh, or, or or make your notes that week. So every, you know, when you put your podcast out, you're like, these are the seven things I want to hit. Like he just hit you with that energy. I, I remember my first live stream was um, was with, with him. And it, like I said, it was about three years ago. And he's like, dude, you could do it on your phone right now. And I'm like, right now, we were actually doing an Armenian gig in Glendale at this uh, fundraiser. And he just takes my phone and he goes, see this? And so I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just like walking around. Hey, I'm in Glendale. And, and, and it, was in, it was, like you said, it's opening up this whole new world of rather than waiting for someone else to give you a job or give you an opportunity, you sort of just, I mean, I'll go back to one of the, and then we'll get back to you. Uh, we'll go back to one of the vlogs that, that I, I really connected with, with you, um, with me, with you uh you were it was it was great it was like a very simple vlog and it was like you're walking your dog jaw and then uh and then for like uh, like like the first half of it or maybe less than half of it and then you get in your car and you go where i like to go you go over the grapevine into bakersfield and you know you hit a couple of i don't know if they're called pawn shops or, or what those places are though that you you looked at some cool oh, stuff
3: yeah. over there where the woolworth store is the old yes uh, oh yeah that thrift mall there's like thrift malls all over that area untapped
2: it's awesome i mean i love i love uh you know and then you went to buck owens palace which i've i've i would i I would stop there with no cameras just to go there and now i'm like oh maybe i should be vlogging this you know like dude i was like and i love what you're doing because it's not like when i go back to the thing earlier i i used to picture vlogging like you know Casey Neistat like I said like quick cuts lots of music lots of production and then you realize like no it doesn't you don't need that you just need you know whatever that person is interested in and if they make it interesting other people will be interested you know really? and it's 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 like it's not it's like it, you come across very authentic and that's and I and I love that because it's like uh you're not faking it you know I used to be afraid of you too not afraid but like like ah, I don't want to do that I don't want to do like Cause I would just see what was fairly popular. Like we're going to put a bunch of cereal in the bathtub. And I'm like, that's, I'm like, that's immature. I don't want to do that. But when it, when a guy is like film, like you filming belt buckles or, or going with your grandpa to look at classic cars, I'm like, that's perfect. That's I like that slow moving dude. I'm a big Elvis fan. I know that you're into El. it's like, it's cool, man. You're, you know, so if you ever do decide to just stand up, I mean, it's going to be. You're going to love it, I think.
3: <laughs> you know, one of the things that um, that kind of really drives me in this is, is um, the idea of there's so much cool stuff to see. Sometimes you just have to be reminded that it's everywhere. I think a lot of us, especially in this day and age, you have so much accessible at your fingertips. You get roped into feeling like you can experience it all there. And I'm just trying to remind people, you can see it here, but it's nothing like going there and and getting that moment and getting to to feel that moment and you know a lot of it came from um just um not dude I had nothing you know in LA other than um an interest in history and things like that and um and I heard Steve Simone say on a podcast once before he said he was getting tired of auditioning because he said all the auditions that I go to just to get even one job doesn't equal out to all the failures and all the gas I put in to get all this. And I started thinking to myself, you know, we have um, a free platform here on YouTube and it just seemed to me with people tightening their budget on a lot of things, uh, watching free TV was the way to go. And for me, I just took the Casey Neistat model, which was tell a good story and make the video as long as it needs to be. And for me, I just thought, you know, I'm going to put, whether they like me or not, you're going to have to see some of me if you want to see where the cool trip is. And hopefully if you don't like me after time, I'll just grow on you. And that's, that's always for my channel was like, it's a field trip and I'm your host, but it's not you watching me do it. It's me introducing what we're doing. And then we're going together. I oh, want to feel great. like a hangout.
2: That's good. And you do a great job at that, you know? Um, and uh I'll, uh, i i plug another guy that I like to watch is Adam the Woo, And then one day I, good, I'm good like, you guys, yeah, I'm like, you guys, you guys know each
3: other. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Like when I got started, he was one of the people that I watched also. And, um, and I just, you know, you, you want, you, you got to find, it's just like doing anything. You want to be inspired by someone while not replicating and duplicating what they were doing. And for me, I always loved. Uh, One of the biggest things in this in L.A. that I loved was like Vincent Price and the old movie history. So that was one of the things that I was like, I'm going to go and show these old movie stars houses and and explain why they are so much cooler to find out, and read about than the people today, because their stories are just so much more interesting in a time where you could get away with more and there was more hidden and more stories that are, you know, kind of now being uncovered and For me, it was just like, hey, let's bring back what made coming to Hollywood cool, which was that era of of Hollywood.
2: Absolutely. 100 percent, man. I'm like, yeah, in fact, when it comes to some modern like, you know, like, oh, you got to check out this thing. And and, and sometimes I'll check it out. And and a lot of times I'm disappointed. I'm like, you know what? There's already been so many great songs, movies, so much art that, that I haven't even really seen yet. Let me go back and see, you know. And I know pe- people, you know, they're kind of busting my chops over this, but I, I've only watched one episode recently, but I actually had my wisdom tooth removed and I watched an episode of The Waltons and I was kind of pleasantly surprised. Like, like I was like, it's actually kind of fun. Like, I mean, I haven't I haven't watched more episodes, but but it was good, you know, <laughs> things oh, I, like yeah, that.
3: I've fallen down those kind of rabbit holes. That's how I found out about Dog the Bounty Hunter the first time. I remember like, he, you, you heard of this guy, you'd seen him in a bunch of places. And then I remember like, one time just stopping and watching when I go, so this guy, his thing is he goes and finds people that have like an offense and then he preaches to them, like he sm- <laughs> forces them to watch him smoke a cigarette and listen to his wisdom. I'm like, now that's a concept, you know, Like, yeah. it's like, like it's somebody that's such a character, it's hard to turn away from. And so yeah. I actually that's like part of my thing is I go out traveling everywhere cuz I, w- I have a whole list of things I want to see but the characters you meet along the way and the people that you meet in random towns like you just couldn't you couldn't make them up on a on a page for a script they're just it's so cool to get that experience of being in like random towns day to day and just popping in for like gas and hearing like someone's life story in 5 minutes you know they'll tell you trust me yeah. they'll tell you <laughs>
2: You know, what's funny is um, I've been, you know, since I started vlogging and, and you know, and, and picking it up, it reminds me of my early days of stand up you know, like, back when I first started, I used to, you know, carry like a, a notepad and a pen. And I would be like, you know, your aunt, my comedy antennas were up, like, I'm like, Oh, that's funny. Or I'd hear a conversation. I'd be like, Why are they laughing? And what are they laughing at? And like, you just really are in tune with that. And then you start to learn, like, when I'm talking to someone back, you know, when I, was, like I said, when I started talking to somebody, and they laugh at something you know, I would be like, I take either a mental note or I physically would write it down and be like, Oh, that's a good idea. And I find the same thing happens with, like you said, vlogging or, or you just have to see what's around you and, and things that you may have driven past a million times. But once you start thinking like, you know what, that's pretty interesting. I wonder, and then do you do the same thing? Is that where your ideas come from? I,
3: I carry my camera almost all the time in my hands when I'm walking anywhere, because I'm just, I'm always ready to film something. I mean, and, and the same thing, my, like my, my people that drive with me, they laugh. Cause like I, my camera is always in my cup holder. It's like, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's a, it's like my stick shooter. I know when I see something, I know exactly the yep. grip on that handle that I have. I know exactly where the buttons are. I know exactly how long it takes for the the lens to retract i know you know i, I just to me it's just like boom i'm ready i, I gotta capture <laughs> and i try and use as much of that stuff because you'd be amazed how many times i'll film some crazy thing like that and somebody will go oh dude that's my grandma's house seriously oh. you know, like, so many times you know i'm just happy that
2: we have technology man because when i was when i did the road in the 90s there wasn't you know you're just out there and then and then in the early 2000s i remember i had like this thing called a um like a like a flip camera, and and it was this little white camera. They were pretty cheap, and you could record. And then you would the reason they called it a flip. I don't know if you know this, but you'd press a button, and then boom, this USB thing would come out. So then you could just easily plug the USB, and you and you could offload the files. And I'm like, this is great. And then they just discontinued it. But but that's kind of when I started. And then I, it was always so pixelated
3: yeah. back then. Yeah, you know, now it's gotten good where you can actually have a good camera on your phone. And most people have a phone. they you know, the way phones are made now, you have to upgrade them every couple of years anyway. So everybody always has a pretty decent phone.
2: Yeah. I, I had the idea that I, what I wanted to do, but I just didn't. The technology hadn't caught up and my brain hadn't caught up with how to, you know, this is probably even pre YouTube. I remember performing in Texas, doing like a little tour. And I remember w- there was like a chili off right side of our hotel, and I was thinking like, "Oh, how can I capture this?" And this is literally what I was going to do. I um, I, I took Polaroid pictures of a few things, and then I audio recorded the people. But it just didn't come together. Nobody wants to see a. F- I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> Not like now. Like, like yeah. you said, you just you got your six. What kind of camera are you filming with these days?
3: Um, I always use a Canon G7X Mark III. Uh, mm. To me, it is. It, it does a couple of things that I love. For one, it is um, it's kind of an all-purpose camera, so it does really well in low light. If you go out in the dark or whatever, it it does a really good job at illuminating. But it also does a great job of when you start talking. Um, say you're in a store with background noise. Once you start talking, it has a does a great job of kind of muffling the stuff behind you. And it's small enough that I can slide it right in my my front pocket. So like if I go to a concert. A lot of times, like when I used to go to Staples Center, um, they had a rule there. It's like no professional photography. And what they considered that was um, a retractable or a a detachable lens or an SLR camera or a DSLR camera or a microphone, all that this camera gets professional quality mm. while looking like your normal mom's camera. That you know, yeah. so it's it's crazy. I can take it in so many places and people don't think much of it. But when I, I get I home, think, I have a yeah. professional quality video.
2: It's great. I think I watched one of your Rick Springfield vlogs and I was like, Wow, that's so cool, cool! You know, that was uh, do you yeah. um, do, does that camera just a side note? Does it do you know if it if it records longer than 30 minutes? Cause mine no, shuts it, off at 30. No,
3: it's that one is yeah. one that it, it stops at the 30 minute mark. And that's the problem. Like Sam Tripoli was asking me oh. for camera recommendations and he, he ran into that problem because he was trying to film his set with that camera. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It's meant more for shorter clip photography type stuff, unfortunately. Yeah.
2: But you're right. It is. Cause I have the Mark two. I got the Canon G7 X Mark two and I love it, man. Like uh, flips up deal. and, yeah it's it's, it's, it's great same it, camera basically and then sometimes i'll vlog just using my galaxy my my galaxy has a uh you know I, I just, it's so clear and and uh do you ever worry about or or not like when there's a lot of music playing are you do you worry about like oh hope i don't get copyright with youtube or does it
1: with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere
3: dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom YouTube actually has a function when you upload your video, they'll let Mm. you know that you have copyrighted music. But you can also, once they do that, there's a function you can go in there and you can either mute all the audio for that section, or they have a function that where it says mute the music only, and it will actually go in and mute the background music. But um, sometimes what I do if I know it's going to be just unavoidable. I just quiet everything and I use the music that of my friend's band that I use for my theme songs. And oh. I just use my own music over top of it. Cause some stuff I, you want to yeah. film, but you just you don't have a choice. Some places you go in and like uh, like holiday rides or Halloween haunts and yeah, stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah. You're using
3: soundtracks and you're like, what are you gonna do? Say, Hey, can you turn your soundtrack <laughs> off so I can film your thing? It's like it is what it is. You just gotta work with it
2: yeah that's interesting so uh i'll uh i'll go back and listen to this so i can figure out what you just said but i basically i i think you said there's a part you'll mute only the music portion oh that's great because i saw yeah. a guy yesterday I, I go to a boxing gym here and they were interviewing uh buddy mcgird you know a two-time world champion in boxing you know he's won many awards and they were interviewing him and as they were interviewing him like the music was still playing people are still training and i'm like how are they going to post this like i don't but i guess like you said there's ways around it and
3: Yeah, sometimes people use lava leers with uh, the wind muff and stuff, and that sometimes that'll work really well, but um, for me, I used to to go all out and do all that stuff, and in the end, I just kind of realized I wanted to be gorilla, and the only way to really kind of keep a gorilla is to keep a, a constant, which is pick a camera that does... 95 percent or better of what you're trying to do and the times that it doesn't work it's you know sometimes you're going to have a windy day and it's going to be audible and you're like it is what it is I mean it's just (laughs) nothing can ever be perfect sometimes I'll record the audio over for that section if it's too bad but um you know for me it's like that's that's the beauty of being on the road and filming stuff is that sometimes you're going to have stuff like that happen
2: yeah. Do you remember when, you're first, uh, when you first first, when when you first started doing YouTube, like when you were like, wow, this is actually, I'm starting to get some traction here. Do you remember what that video was?
3: Yeah. Um, well, the first, like probably on day five, I went to the guns and roses concert at Dodger stadium. And I went from like, you know, the first four days worth of videos got like 20 views or 30 views from just friends, seeing it on my Facebook. And then I post the guns and roses concert. I'm like, wow, how did I get 5,000 views overnight? <laughs> like,
2: wow, so, on YouTube.
3: Yeah, because it was like people, it was a recent event and people were wanting to see the show they missed. So I was like, that was one of those first things I go, wow, so like just rant, like any random video <laughs> could probably like take fire. And and I just started filming all this stuff that I was super interested in. And I was yeah. kind of early on in the days, I, w- I would go on YouTube and check to make sure nobody else had really done it. And I remember posting, um, I, I I went to where Bruce Lee's dojo was down in Chinatown, and it was just like abandoned, dusty, and filthy, and I went and filmed it, and then all of a sudden I started noticing like tons of comments, and, and it was kind of like what you were saying earlier, how my videos would start with like half the video video being me and Ja. Well, that was my foray into YouTube hate, because it was like all these uh. people want I came for, to see Bruce Lee's dojo. Why did I have to wait till the end? And you're walking your dog and you're walking through Chinatown and, you know, just like all these complaints. (laughs) And you're like, yeah. Okay. But that video got like a hundred thousand views in like a week. So that was my thing where I go. So the key to this is not to be afraid to do anything I'm interested in, because you never know what that one video is. Somebody will see that will make them subscribe. So I'm not going to, I, I immediately said then I'm like, I'm not going to limit myself to graves or filming locations. I'm going to do everything I like, because in the end, I want this channel to just be a, a major reflection of all my interests and getting people into things they may not have known about.
2: Yeah, that's great. And, and I've seen your channel grow. I think at one point it was, uh, I think when I started watching you, know, I want to say it was around 130,000, maybe somewhere in there might have been. But I just, you know, for some reason, that number sticks out. And then I I think I looked like last night and you're like well over 200,000 subscribers, which is a lot. I mean, it's just booming, man. It's like going
3: up. And it's tricky too, because even though you have a good audience, like you can have a lot of subscribers, what you'll notice um, over time is that a predominant number of your viewers on every video are not your subscribers. You'll see Mm. like 60 to 70% of your views will come from youtube recommending it from another video or something not your Mm -hmm. subscribers because a lot of times you'll see especially if you have do different stuff that your subscribers maybe only are interested in two out of the 10 things that you vlog you know so (laughs) i've had to in those regards take that in consideration also and go like okay i know this one's not going to be for everybody but how can i try and trick them with a cover that will make yeah. them at least give it a chance because they might like it if they give it a chance, but right, if they right. think that they won't like it, they won't even, you know, tap on it. So my goal is always what can I do to, to interest them? And so yesterday's video was um, my grandpa and I go into the Packard museum and I had originally made a cover that was the Godfather hearse with um, Marlon Brando and Al Capone on the cover. And then before I posted the video, I go, Everybody likes my grandpa. Let's put yeah. my grandpa on yeah. the cover, and I bet you more people will click on it just because of him. And and sure enough, they did. And there, and I sent my grandpa a text message that night and said, "Hey, Papa, you're a real cash cow. You're getting more views than my Elvis video is right now."
2: <laughs> That's awesome,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. man. They must be so proud of you. And and it's uh, they must be confused in a sense, like like what what that. But they're not not at this point. They my yeah.
3: Earliest fan. Darren, that's, that's, how I knew, that's how I knew this was a good path because on like day seven, he sent me an email and said, I don't know what these videos that you're posting on your Facebook are, but I really like them because you're taking me somewhere that I'm not going to get to myself and I get oh. to see what you're up to every day. And, I, and so I thought I'd go, well, if my grandpa's ni- in almost 90 and he is watching stuff on YouTube, other people are going to figure it out. And as long yeah. as he's watching, then I must be on to something. And I just put my nose to the grindstone and just said I'm gonna do a video every day and and I'm gonna think of it like music royalties that the that if I could just stay focused and keep making what I want mm-hmm. at some point all these old videos will give me twenty five cents a month towards my living expenses or whatever right. it turns out to be and and eventually all the stuff that I've done over my life will not only be documented for other people you know places that are gone or whatever but i i will get to live out my all my fantasies on camera and uh and just do you know do all that make a living off of it just by little old video um monetization
2: you're right because every you know january or or every august when people are thinking about elvis more than normal there might be like oh let me type in and then all of a sudden you know here you are you went to graceland and you interviewed ginger and
3: yeah you know Oh man, was... talk about, I mean, things that have, have that, you, you know, opportunities that have come from doing this channel that would have never came otherwise. I mean, I got hired to to do a behind the scenes day on a Paul Stanley video shoot with Wayne Isham and Wayne Isham's made like some of the biggest music videos of all time from Bon Jovi to NSYNC to the Metallica Black album. And I'm sitting there telling him what I do. He's going like, so what, how, how do you make a living? And I go, well, I like <laughs> make these videos everywhere in the world that I want. To, and he's just sitting there going like, good for you. You know? And so it's like <laughs> kind of cool, like things like that, where Ginger, you know, somebody that that is close to her, just contact me one day and said, you know, Ginger likes how respectful you've been to her in your videos and would, you know, would be interested in doing an interview if you would like over the phone. I was like, heck yeah. I mean, as an Elvis fan, that's what you want is to ask the person that was last with him, you know, just tell, tell, tell me what the real Elvis was like from your perspective, not what I keep hearing from people that think they know or people that were a fifth cousin of somebody. You hear that all the time. You know, my aunt was a fifth cousin of Sally Mae Presley. And she told me that, you know, so it was just like, for me, I, I always have found ginger to be kind of reputable because sh- for 40 years she kept her mouth. She didn't feel a need mm. to defend herself or make money off of him or anything like that. And, um, and she still kept like her engagement ring and all that stuff. So when, when I got to, to talk to her, I, I just said, you know, I, I said, Ginger, I'm going to ask you things and just know I'm coming from a place of respect there. Even if the the, the question as I ask it may seem strange or like I'm going down a, a dark road or something, trust me that I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and make you look bad in anything. You know, because mm. I know people, people that do this kind of stuff, that's what you get views on or salacious <laughs> stories and things like that. And I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to preserve cool people's history and make, make other people be like kind of fascinated or not be afraid to go live a little bit crazier than they have before, you know?
2: Right. Right. Did you ever get to the point during, let's say during the, like the dark, the darkest days of the pandemic when there was like things are shut, especially in LA. I mean, California, it was like, you know, we, we basically like would spend a lot of time at the family farm up North, about three hours North of LA, you know, so that's I'm saying, I know that, (laughs) that, you know, Burbank to Fresno. I know that 99 drive very well. And it was great to get it. You know, Cause I just was like, all right, I want to ride my bike, play with my son outside. We want to, you know, when they were kicking people off the beach and they were like, I was like, what? And then closing the parks down. There was a time where I'm like, I, I was like, I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone and be creative and figure out a way. Luckily as a stand up, you know, we have these little thumb drives so I can look through old footage and rec- recreate clips or, or stuff but <clears throat> as far as vlogging what were you were you were, did you ever have those days where you're like dang what am i gonna record today or, or or you're like nope i got 20 great ideas what's up guys how you like the show so far pretty good right kind of weird that i'm out here in the country with the chair next to me but anyways if you like this show and you want to help out go to cameo i do birthday shout outs anniversary shout outs or if you just want to do a donation Go to darrencarter.com, PayPal, or Venmo at darrencartercomic. Now let's get back to the show.
3: Surprisingly, it was the latter. When, when this all started, um, I remember having a conversation with my best friend, uh, and he was saying, he goes, you know, you're, you're going to be lucky if this becomes like a, a serious situation because you're very adaptable with what you vlog. Mm. And I remember thinking that and going, you know what, he's right. I I can get away with going and vlogging a, a house in the middle of nowhere, or a, an apartment where nobody else around, or a cemetery, or something like that. And that that kept, was a good mm. way of keeping my distance from other people. The problem then became, Darren, that the cemeteries were closing, and and they started sending out notices like, unless you had family there, you weren't allowed in the cemeteries. So wow. um, so so what I ended up doing then, <laughs> I, you know, it's almost like a stroke of luck, man. Um, yeah. My my best friend was in was the dr- is the drummer of Kiss, and since since there were no concerts, he was at home and he had just bought a, a house in Vegas that, and had no furniture, and so he said, "Hey, why don't you come and uh, hang out with me in Vegas? Because everything is still kind of open here, and we'll just wear mask and we'll hit vintage shops and." and, and vlog some of the stuff around here. So that's what I did. And I would just, you know, and then once I got there, of course, his friends turned out to be like, Oh, well, my, this guy's best friend is Debbie Reynolds' son's wife. So now you're going to go over and you're going to meet Todd Fisher and you're going to vlog Debbie Reynolds' collection of memorabilia. And, you know, and then tomorrow, so it's just, it was, people have seen me do this so much that they know how much I love it and they, they, they don't try and tell me what to do, but they'll go, Hey, if you're interested, I can, I can call so-and-so and get, see if they'll let you come vlog this. And so that's what we, you know, that's a lot of times what what happened during the pandemic was just rolling with it, and um, opportunities still kept presenting yeah. themselves.
2: It, it's funny, like just like a joke when a joke doesn't work when you first start out. Like I, I kind of realized, um, also with the vlog, you know, like I, you know, I got to ask you. I, I'll, I'll tell you my story real quick with, with the with the vlog that bombs or doesn't do well. I thought it was really interesting this is so, so, so you're your your low times were actually pretty good you're in Vegas Debbie Reynolds I mean mine were like when I'm at a farm I'm like what's on the what's on the farm what can I vlog and I actually saw a spider wrap up a bee with a cobweb and I'm like that's kind of cool I've never seen that so so I filmed it and uh, I put it up and I You know, I haven't looked at a long time, but it was pretty much stuck at 25 views. And even my son was like, "Dad, you're a comedian. This isn't a nature channel." But I'm like, "No, man. I'm gonna. This is my passion. I like. I'm gonna make the." And yeah, anyways, that one pretty much bombed. I haven't even looked at it. Maybe it's blown up. I doubt it. But no one cares about a spider and a bee, apparently. But
3: well, say sometimes it's how you title things, as sad as it is, or the the cover that you give it. And my my theory was always like, I'm not gonna ever be uh, embarrassed or ashamed of anything that I post, because if I'm, yeah. if I prepared it to post, there's a reason. And, and I'll tell you one that, um, I got a lot so much so that I, I, I mean, I lost a lot of subscribers like the day I posted really? it. Yeah, it was, um, I went to Minneapolis and I was vlogging like princess house and like the purple rain filming locations and grumpy old men, everything. But the elephant in the room was that the, where george floyd's incident happened was there and yeah. and i and i went there and i filmed a walkthrough of it and i didn't say a word i didn't say a mm. word i didn't give any commentary i just showed what was <clears> there and um and you'd be amazed at how many people went to other video because i turned the comments off just because i i started off by oh. saying this is not political this is not political video this is historical this is what this is like now. And uh, yeah. man, people were, I had somebody actually go on my, on PayPal and send me a nickel so that they could rip me a new one for <laughs> posting, for posting such an apologist, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, um, and I remember getting a phone call from Lunell. If you know Lunell, comedian Lunell.
2: Oh. oh, I know Lunell. Yeah.
3: And she, and she said to me, she said, that is, you drew a line in the sand today because what you did was you showed that you're not afraid to veer away from history. And that's Mm. important. She said, and you did it the right way by not saying a word, you just showed the environment and you showed what it was. And so that's when I always say like, it's like 10,000 views. I, I don't apologize for it because like I said, it was, it was historical. And now that whole section has been torn down and cleaned up. They don't have the memorial park there. None of that is there. So now it's a moment in history that's, that's captured. And that's why I do it. You know, it's never, I don't do anything out of a political agenda or trying to influence other people to think the way I am. I honestly could care less how people, whether they agree with me or not. I want, you know, I, I, I go with my grandpa where it's like, The world, the world is a cool place because people are different. And, and like, you should be allowed to be yourself unapologetically, even if you're an awful person, because it shows the rest of us, whether we want or don't want you in our life, you know? So, (laughs) so that's how I've always just viewed things like that. I'm like, I'm not going to apologize for what I post on my channel. I like what I post and, and I feel like everybody should be doing that on theirs. Like, it should be a reflection of you.
2: Yeah my uh my my son made a joke he was like uh because i also you know you're right i like to do uh you know a variety of things and one of them is i i I really enjoy fitness and seeing how you know i I keep my little uh you know my daily push-ups and sit-ups and i and it's nice to like you said you get the feedback people met you know some people will bust my chops like oh you know but it's still i know that there, i've gotten those messages where people are like hey i was you know I was fat and sad. And then I, and I kept seeing your stuff and it was pissing me off. But I was like, one day I said, I'm going to start it. And, And they, and they actually started their own thing and they send them to me. And I'm like, great. Cause I'm doing it to help others, but also to help myself. Cause if I put the stuff out there, it keeps me accountable to where I'm like time to do it. Although my son did make a funny joke. He goes, dad nobody wants to see a comedian do push-ups he's like what if i saw the beatles and paul mccartney's like go to my youtube channel and then you go there and he's like doing like you know what i mean like deep knee bends and jumping yeah
3: see i disagree i disagree yeah. because because i think what people now i think people okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh
1: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
3: 18 plus. For lack of a better term, I think when we were younger, you used to actually be able to look up to like political figures and people in the media as someone to look up to and to be inspired by, but I don't feel like that's the case anymore. So I do feel like people gravitate right. towards your, your um, like I told you earlier, I gravitated towards podcasts in the early days. So I was like listening to beauty and the beast with Joey and Felicia. And Me that too. was like, and that's honestly what I looked forward to. I was like, they do two episodes a week. What am I gonna do in between those days? Cause yeah, cause like they're my friends. And I realized soon, like people, if you let them into your life a little bit, you know, that's what breaks you apart from just being a fate, you know, just a another person in the crowd. They they get to know that you have a heart and a soul. And and I I think personally that's the key to Joey Diaz success, is that once he started showing people his soul off stage i think people just they found out they loved him they just like they love yeah. the guy and right. and now it's like even if he's not in your city people support him because uncle joey is uncle joey and you want to know he's out there spitting the yeah the good knowledge and and like motivating people <laughs> right. and, and yeah. he's who i learned you know make lists like like set goals for yourself. And that's what I did. Whenever I, every time people would say, are you ever afraid you'll run out of ideas for vlogs? No way. Cause I, every time I think of something, I write it down. So I have five or six pages worth of yellow legal pads that I have to work off of. And and right. like when I think of somewhere outside of the city I'm in, I go on Google maps and I save it on there so that when I get to that area, I open up and I go, Oh, cool. I've pinned all this stuff that's around here. I want to see you know, it's like because of him, setting goals was a big thing for this channel.
2: You know, I, I got to do Joey Diaz's podcast uh, twice, and uh, hopefully I'll get to do the new once. one. Oh, did you really? I got to go back and listen, man. It's yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, because I, you know, Joey, like you said, he is, you know, he motivates you because, you know, and one of the things he 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 I know he's he's told me this, but he also has said it on the podcast before where it's like, because one time I was watching like boxing and you don't really know who the two guys are, but once they show you behind the scenes and you find out he has a daughter, you know, he came from, you know. You
3: got somebody to root for.
2: Right, exactly. And so that's where I, I, I feel like, especially nowadays, man, like, you know, I did the Tonight Show with Jay Leno and it was an honor and it was great, but it's like, it's on. And then maybe they show it one more time. I don't know. It's like, it's a big deal. It was a really big deal. And it was a great accomplishment, but it's, it just kind of goes away. But yeah. this- these phones i mean you know like you said you're always able to shoot stuff and and people are constantly looking down i mean we have a whole tv studio right here in our pocket and and as you know and it's like to especially for a comic you know to be able to if, if i'm just you know back in the day i'd go to a town make people laugh and that was it was just done i i may not even get booked there again or it may it may yeah. take me a year or two to come back but but now like you said you're You know, that's why I call it pocket party, because I figure, hey, every time, you know, you're you just bam, there's a party in your pocket. Today, I got Jordan the Lion, you know,
3: I always said, you know, um, when when they canceled Roseanne, when Roseanne got kicked off her show, I was always saying I'm like, you know, that's sad, because if she were on YouTube, her fans would get to decide whether she was canceled off the show or not. And, um, And and I watched there's a musician that I'm a fan of who they've tried to cancel. And I, I'm watching this guy, you know, kind of rebuild himself on Instagram and he spends, you know, every night live streaming and he's painting mm. and he's drawing and he's talking about like, this is my 13th week of sobriety. I'm out jogging mm. every day. He's just telling you how he's getting through everything that he's went through during this of just, you know, having his livelihood taken away, having places don't want to book him or whatever. And you're going like, this is great because then he, he's painting these pictures and he goes, Hey, uh, you know, like, I'm going to go ahead and release a a box set of this, you know, one of his popular albums. He goes, and I'm going to go ahead and put a piece of art in there and I'm going to draw these and man, they flew off. Literally. I tried to buy one. He announced when they were going on sale, I clicked on there and I couldn't even get my credit card information in there to buy it before they were sold out.
2: Wow. So for me,
3: that was like one of those things. I'm like, that's so cool to see that someone can make mistakes in their life, try and redeem themselves and that their fans will say, dude, I got your back. I'll support what you're doing because I'm not going to let other people decide that your career's over, you know? And for me, that's always been super important is – let let people decide for themselves whether they care about you or not and this platform you're self-employed right so you don't piss off the youtube censors you know and i don't think that's you know if you're just a normal person not looking for shock value it's very easy to respect their guidelines
2: absolutely you know it's right it's, it's uh yeah i respect the guidelines and and uh even when i have guests on that tend to use a lot of foul language i tell them let's just keep it you know. You know you know what i mean and they they usually and they usually understand you know and and i guess um like if they do it like you know deep into the podcast it probably doesn't i think they just don't want you cursing right off the bat right you know
3: Uh, they actually have a thing on there because i had somebody on who was a new york guy who cussed throughout there and when i was going to they ask you when you're uploading the video like does this have cursing and i put yes it does well then they take you to a subfolder that says is it within the first minute (laughs) <laughs> and is it more than five times during the Ooh. like during this part and it had like a specific time length and if it didn't fall in there then they would still honor it because i think oh. they think that the people that watch their their um attention span is only like three minutes so i think they figure as long as you're not doing it the first couple of minutes then they can still give you you know monetization Cause, um, cause yeah, I, I was surprised by that. I'm like, oh, cool, well, yeah, it's not happening in the first minute, <laughs> so we're safe there. <laughs>
2: yeah, you're like, come on, Jaw, let's go for a walk. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. all right, enough of that. Hey guys, we well, got this I mean, foul-mouth New Yorker. This is
3: the guy, you know, Aaron, Darren. I got a guy on on that's from Staten Island telling me, you know, where bodies were buried from, you know, <laughs> and, and so it's you know, it's stuff like that. And he's he's you know cussing and telling stories like that, and you're like. you're you're taking people on a ride you know with these vlogs and for me it was like part of the ride in being in new york is meeting a new yorker and this is a new Mm -hmm. yorker so i i try not to cuss on my vlogs i always say i'm like unless i'm repeating a quote out of a movie i don't cuss but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna censor the people on mine um you know what they what they say i you know especially if i if i ask them to be on there I know what I'm getting. When I have Sam Tripoli e on, <clears throat> I know what I'm going to get, you know. So right, right. No <laughs> yeah.
2: That's amazing. You know, I just, when I started my podcast, I remember like, it was so cool because I felt like I was just learning every week or two. I'm like, oh, I can try this. I can try that. And, you know, I I, uh, I bought like this oversized like fanny pack. That way I could have the recorder and the microphone. That way I could just whip it out and like start doing like man on the street type stuff and totally. or whatever. Like you you learn all these little things like uh what what are some of the things you've learned with through the course of your your career with youtube and stuff like as far as technology or ideas or oh i never oh this is so exciting blah 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 that kind of thing
3: um well i'm kind of really into ray-ban has now put out um cameras in the gla- in glasses oh and they're actually good quality up till now you know, recording anything, vis- you know, like maybe on a roller coaster or a motorcycle and stuff, it's hard to get good footage. And so that's kind of one of those things I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking at getting, cause I want to just experiment with it. I'm so used to seeing the world through my little lens, like, you know, my little view screen, I kind of want to see what it looks like through the glasses and everything again. But as far as like the other stuff, I, am. Um, I try not to let the trends affect a good story. And yeah. so I like, I always, cause I, you know, like you mentioned earlier, you would see Casey Neistat and hear all these music beds. Well, I don't do any of that because I, mm. I realized soon I'm like, the music beds are just cause you don't have anything to say. So mm. if I don't have anything to say, then I probably shouldn't have anything filmed right there, you know? Right, right. I, and, and I just, I always use, anecdotes that I've learned or different things people told me. Cause I think that's part of what makes the channel interesting too, is, you know, um, one day just being out at the dog park and then going, Hey, I'm going to tell you guys a crazy story that Joey Diaz told me once he said, if, if your bank account gets low, you should throw your wallet away because your, your wallet is now cursed and that you need to start from scratch. And I go, well, my wallet is, I'm throwing that sucker away today. And, I, you know, and that would be, that's kind of like, I would get into like some story or whatever and tell like, yeah. you know, just something that had happened or whatever. And, and people love that. And then of course, then you get people looking for Joey and look like, and that was also part of it. I'm like, God, I want to turn people on to cool comedians and cool painters mm. and artists and just all the mediums that I love. That should be really like what this all, is all about is turning people on to other good art. That's, for yeah. like minded people, not just going, watch my channel. I'm not going to tell you about anybody else because I don't want you to go support them. I don't want you to join their Patreon or any of that. Right. Stuff. I'm like, yeah. There's room enough for everyone if you're just unique and true to yourself. You know, if you're an entertainer, people will see it or want to see it.
2: You know, it's funny, man. I remember when I was, uh, I did a, you know, I did stand up on BET and uh, also, you know, several times I was on a sketch show. One time we had this meeting and this, and one of the comics uh, was saying, Hey, we can get together outside of BET and make our own sketches. And I love this phrase. He said, he goes, cause you know, with one, we're a finger, but with five, we're a fist. I'm like, that's, that's good. You know? That's true. And, then, and then I also recently did a, uh, I performed at a, a, a church and the the pastor he said something I liked. He said that we, how we, people how we need each other. he said, "You can't whistle a symphony, you need an orchestra and i 'm like that's that's another good one, man that's weak. so yeah, like you, like you said, you know, giving each other shout outs, having each other on, mentioning each other. I remember one time I did a guy's podcast, and I just casually mentioned how i'd heard something recently on joe rogan's and, and this is like two years ago and he goes uh oh, we don't mention other people's podcasts you know like as if people are gonna what joe rogan has a podcast i
3: gotta go look for it yeah, you know yeah, it's, no kidding. it's like,
2: you know it's so silly you know i mean
3: well, I just, my, my thing is i just go i i'm not gonna like kowtow to like i'm not gonna have other creators on that i don't hmm. care for that's right. the one thing like that's my thing is i'm like I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything, but I, unless I really respect what you're doing, that's when I want to have you like, I, you probably don't know this, but I've actually, um, had been to your show back in like 2005. That's how wow. I, my we, Kevin couch, a good friend of mine. Kevin yes. Couch, I know
2: Kevin couch. Yeah.
3: took Maybe to one of your shows at the improv and dude, that's how I found your podcast. You know, that's oh, how so cool. It, like, So, so that's why I say like, um, I don't ever do these kind of shows or anything other than I've done one with Sam, because I really like, I only want to do the shows with people that I respect what they're doing. And Sam as crazy as Sam is. I totally respect Sam Tripoli to death with what he's doing, because that was what I always saw in him. I was always saying, I'm like, dude, you're, you put on these great shows, you put on the naughty show and everything, but like, nobody outside the comedy store, I feel like, really gets that experience of who you really are. And he just, man, when, once he thought of what YouTube, the possibilities, he unleashed the beast and just everything that he's interested in, he talks about, you know, right. regardless, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> yeah. consequences.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I have a question for you. Um, And uh, this is, man, by the way, I want to, I'd love to have you on again and again. I mean, this is, I love our, sure, you know, anytime. I love. I love what you're doing. I know right now I'm diving deep into the YouTube world, but I'm just so fascinated and interested in what you're you've been able to do because yeah, no so,
3: worries. no
2: worries. It must be, it must we be talk Waltons another time. <laughs> no, no, I don't think I'm going to be talking Waltons anytime soon. <laughs> the All Waltons podcast. It's great to we'll go to sleep. It's, podcast. Yeah, I know. yeah, that'd be fun. The uh, that's the thing. I also feel like you know so much about pop culture and. And, you know, like I was intimidated, you know, when I first started doing this, but I realized you got to get past that fear because, you know, I'd hear guys like Mike Black, like he knows all the details of certain movies and TV care. But then I just, you know, I'm going to have him on. And if he knows about stuff, he'll talk about it. And I'll just listen like a student. You know, I didn't want it to be, you know, out of my realm, but it doesn't matter. That's why I'm telling people sometimes get out there and see what happens and you're going to be fine.
3: Absolutely. I think the 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 biggest thing, you know, is like um, when I, well, I was telling you, I was trying to do stand up comedy, and I remember having coffee with Ian Edwards one day, and and telling him, I'm like, man, I feel like I should do stand up, and 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 like the whole time he's sitting across from me, like big smile on his face, just like listening to me, and I, you know, for ten minutes, I'm telling him why I should do stand up, and then he just goes, so just go do it. You're giving me all these reasons why you should do it. Just go do it, Jordan. He goes, cause I'll tell you one, he goes, actually, I'll tell you two things, either you'll love it and you'll want to do it more or you won't like it and you won't want to do it anymore. But he goes, <laughs> one, of, <clears throat> one of two things is going to happen. He goes, just go out and do it as much as you can. And you'll find out, you know, so that's what I did with this is I said, I'm going to go out and make mistakes. I'm going to, you know, I yeah. know stuff. I'll say stuff in videos in the first year that I'm regretting five years later, or, you know, I'll say, Oh, I don't like that band, or I don't like that movie. I don't like that show. And then over the years, something's happened where I got into it, you know, and then I have to go, well, now I am into that. <laughs> so it's, yeah. you know, cause it, that stuff happens. You just do, you find, um, especially doing this at all the traveling, I'll be somewhere and all of a sudden, you know, like I was not, I didn't really have an opinion on Waylon Jennings, and then all of a sudden, one oh. day I'm driving through Texas. I'm listening to Waylon Jennings and um, Willie Nelson song called "I Can Get High Off You," and something hit me, and I go, "I gotta go." Where's this guy from? And I'm like, Littlefield. That's eight hours from here. Let's just drive there right now. I gotta go. I gotta go see his museum. And I, the whole for eight hours, I'm listening to Waylon Jennings, and it was like, you know, just a life changing moment, and. I wear a Waylon Jennings ring now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And it's just one of those things where you go, like it was just perfect timing, perfect moment, perfect emotions that I was going through, and and it just it gave me something new that I never thought I would be into, and now it's a huge part of my life.
2: You know, I, 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 man, it's speaking of Waylon. I remember, you know, growing up, I would hear, you know, like the Dukes of Hazard theme song, and I would hear certain songs and like they highway man, Huge fan, right? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you'd hear it, but then, then my wife and I really got into Waylon, I don't know, like 15 years ago, whatever it was 20 years ago. And I remember thinking like, wow, why isn't, why wasn't this guy even bigger than Johnny Cash? I mean, I love Johnny Cash, but it's like, you just, you know what I mean? Waylon is so good too as well, you know?
3: I know he's one of those that when people go like Elvis or Waylon, I'm like, there's like, they just have to ride neck and neck for me because they were equally cool in their own ways in so many ways. I mean, and and back to what we were saying, like the stories that you can, if you go watch Mike judge's um, tales from the tour bus show, I don't know if you've ever heard of that or seen that, but he has a series called tales from the tour bus and season one was country stories And he has some phenomenal Waylon Jennings and George Jones stories in there that if you didn't like their music, you would be a fan of them afterward and you would force yourself to like their music. (laughs) Dude, that's what I'm saying, man. Like
2: if you like Waylon Jennings, you just do a vlog on it. You go to eight hours. You look at them. You get into it. Not thinking I got to follow what you know the the vlogger of the day is or the flavor yeah. of the month you're like no and i like this
3: doing, and you're not doing it to be cool like it's like yeah you're you gonna win over by saying i got into Waylon jennings today you know what i mean but you 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 get it just it's it makes you feel desperado in a way darren like you're on these open roads and you're just like you become one with this moment of being on the road and the music and everything and it's just one of those things that You can't describe to people because it's not a vacation, but you just say Hmm. like you don't get it until you're away from your phone, away from your TV, living on that, living that life a little bit. You kind of.
1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't know. It's just one. Of, I think it's one of those things everybody should do. They owe, Everybody owes themselves a cross-country drive. Because you, you, know, you think some people go like, oh, I can't even handle a two-hour car ride. Think of just the things that you're going to see in the Yeah, the thoughts you have. And I mean, it's just it's life changing.
2: And those car rides are a lot different when there's no traffic. I mean, a two hour car ride, which I have to do today, I have to drive down to Anaheim. I'm like, ugh. but when you're on the open road, it's like the best.
3: Yeah, back roads take take back highways and stuff like that. I mean, I I can't even tell you the crazy things that I've seen people create in their yards on Mm. these back roads where you're like, oh, my, like I, I just now I was leaving West Virginia like two weeks ago. And, and I'm like driving. All of a sudden I go, is that guy building a castle? It looks like literally like he's building a castle. And sure enough, as I get up there, it's a castle. And then out in the front of the yard, he's got like some Peewee's playhouse looking stagecoach where like the wheels are all kind of wow. crazy. And then you start seeing he's got animals that he created that look like Picasso. And, and I go, okay, I got to take this path, come back here in like a month and see where this house is at and did, like go did you, and find did this you... guy.
2: Did you film it or yeah, did you film no, it or did you ask no, him just, or talk to
3: I just marked it on my on my um, Google Maps and I go, I'll take this route another time and I want to see where he's at and then try and stop in and meet this guy.
0: Are people but never cool.
3: found it yeah. otherwise?
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. And I was gonna ask, are people usually pretty cool about that when you when you're hey, I saw you have this stuff in your yard? Is it can I talk to you about it? Or
3: I've gotten pretty good at knowing how to approach people. And, um, yeah. cause, cause when you have a camera, everybody is worried about what you're up to. Right. So, exactly. I mean, I, Yeah. you know, I, like I just did the, um, Kingpin filming locations and I'm out there filming where Woody Harrelson's apartment is. And I'm getting like a shot from across the street. And all of a sudden, one of the guys who lives in the building, like his friend had shown up cause he's moving out that day. So this mm. guy's like, they're starting to haul furniture out and they're looking at me like, what are you doing? And I go, oh, I'm just doing a filming location video. And it dawns on me. I go, this guy could be moving out because he's having a, like a lawsuit with his landlord. And he might yeah. think I work for the landlord. You just never know. So sometimes I just go, it's better to just tell him what I'm doing right up front and get it. out <clears throat> right. of the way. And, and a lot like that same day, I go to like one of the old bowling alleys from the movie and um, and it was all like dilapidated and everything, and the door was kicked open. And I'm over there like filming it, looking at it. And the moment my uh camera battery dies, I look over and there's a police officer driving by. So I just had to go in my because I knew what he was gonna do. He's gonna ask me what I'm doing. And I go, Well, I'm doing yeah. a filming location for Kingpin. And the police officer goes, Oh, wow, that's crazy. I actually was one of the officers they hired for security that night when they filmed that scene. Wow. For- <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah, cool. Otherwise, you got people, you know, because if he showed up, he's going, why is your car parked around back? Yeah. And like, you know, and for him, he's going, why is that? And I'll go, well, because I'm trying to keep my car out of the shot. But to them, you know, if you don't tell them what you're doing, all of your excuses, they're thinking something else. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But luckily, you could be like, here's my YouTube channel. This is what I do. Hopefully totally, that, you totally, know, totally, totally. Um, have you? have you done any meetups yet with your fans? Like, Hey guys, we're going to meet at this yeah. date, this place. Boom. What was your,
3: I um, I went international, dude. <laughs> I did one in Sydney, Australia. I did wow. one in London. Um, I did one in pigeon forge one in <clears throat> lost in uh, long beach. We did one at the queen Mary, uh, when I still lived in there and, wow. um, and then we did one at Hulk Hogan's Beach Shop in Orlando. Oh, So cool. yeah, I try. I try about you know twice a year to do a meetup somewhere. To where? Do you people you remember can your? Come out do you remember finding. your first
2: one? Do you remember your first one and like how many people you thought would show up and how many showed up and does numbers matter? Like two what was that whole? Showed up. Yeah, yeah.
3: Who two? two? people? Well, to be fair, my first meetup was um, on Christmas Day in Los Angeles because I couldn't afford to fly home. So Quentin Tarantino was showing his movie um, *Inglorious* or not Inglourious Bastards, um, The Hateful Eight, because he considers that a Christmas movie because they play Silent Night on the piano in the movie. So I had heard this was going on. I bought a ticket and then posted on my channel, hey, if anybody is in the area and wants to meet me on doesn't have anything to do on Christmas night, you know, go ahead. So... I show up and I get in line and there is like two people in line that were there to see me and they were way up in the line. So by the time they open the lineup and I get in there, I see where they're sitting. I go, well, you know, that'd be kind of cool of me to sit behind them. Right. Yeah. So I end up sitting right behind them, not noticing that right beside me were two chairs that were taped off. Oh, and I just didn't even think of why they would be taped off. They were like handicapped chairs mm-hmm. and, but they had have- of tape across and letting you know nobody's to sit there so i just sat beside that chair and um, sure enough quentin tarantino sat right next to me for the movie so so the fans that came to meet me ended up sitting right in front and i have a pretty infectious laugh i have kind of like a burt reynolds laugh and i really get going and i kept laughing at everything kurt russell was doing in the movie and we get to the intermission and as soon as the lights go up tarantino turns like turns over to me and he goes you are the only person I've watched this with that actually laughs at the right parts. This is great. <laughs> and, 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 and he gets up and he goes goes off somewhere, like to get a drink or something. And the fans sitting in front of me turn out and go, dude, every time you laughed, it was a trigger for him. And he was laughing. He was, the guy, the guy in front of me goes, this was like the coolest night to watch a movie ever. Cause he's like, I mean, like you and Quentin should be just hanging out all the time cause you're both laughing through the whole thing. That's so, that's so like, cool. That was one of those things. That I got to vlog. I'm like, in that early vlog, you know, it's oh. like, hey, look who I'm watching the movie with. I just tilt the camera and you can see Tarantino sitting right next to me. So
2: That's awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, that that's was so... first meetup of two people. <laughs> what a heck of a way to start, man. <laughs> it's like, I've had I so many things happen to where in doing this channel that I always just went like, I feel like God sends me so many signs that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. And it's things like these little things like that. You know what I mean? Opportunities that pop up or people that I randomly meet. I always just go like, if you keep your eyes open, I really do feel like God sends you signs in your life of like directions to go when you, when you're ready to make a change, you know, sometimes you feel like you're down and out and sometimes one little change, you know um, for me, it was like, I have an audition. Like I was telling you, I couldn't get auditions and, didn't feel like my agency was getting me anywhere. And one day I had an audition and the lady goes, I can't believe I've never seen you. You're great. I liked you right away. I don't know why I've never seen you in here. I see mm. people from your agency all the time. And I said, how do I change that? And she said, I, if I were you, I'd start something on YouTube, do a web series mm. or do something because you're likable. Use your own personality and just see where see what happens. That was the best advice I ever got because once this thing took off, i fired my agent. I fired my manager. I just go, I don't need you. I don't want to do any auditions anymore. I want to just keep doing this and I don't need you for that. So.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, you're the star of your vlogs. I mean, and also where you're going, but you know what I mean? It's like, as opposed to like, here's my two lines, here's your pizza. I mean, back to what Steve well, Simone said, you're driving around putting money in meters. You're able to create these shows every day if you want, you know,
3: and they're sending just to even get your foot in the door and acting, you're auditioning for tons of things that you have no interest in. And after a while you go three years of auditioning to be a police officer that has no lines or, or has two lines in an independent movie. And you go, what am I doing this for? Like, really what, if it's not fun, what is this for? Like I got into it because I thought it would be fun. If it's not fun, then that's a sign that you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong spot.
2: Yes. Um, uh uh, I, I kind of want to tell one story. No, you know what? Let's save it for next time. Okay. The the apartment story. We'll save it for next time. <laughs> I love that story, yeah. but you know what I'm talking about. Well, I want to save that one for next time. Um, are there uh do you have any words of wisdom? Anything during this Christmas season, New Year's season? Uh it, going into the new year, you know what I mean? Anything, any words of wisdom, something you've learned along the way that you could help our viewers and listeners.
3: Um, the same thing I always say to people is just don't be afraid to do something with your life. It's never it's like I, I always call it the scrooged moment. It's never too late to change the course of your life. But the problem is only one person can do that. And it's you. And if you're not if you're not willing to do it, then nothing will change. But I always think, you know, if you're if you change one thing, you have a domino effect. You all of a sudden you do like you writing down your push-ups and stuff. It's like you start seeing little things make a difference. Start with little things in your life until you are happy. Because I I got to a point where I was like, I knew that there was no job that I could think of that would make me happy except for just traveling and not having someone tell me what to do. And I kept going, how do you find a job like that? You can't find a job like that. So you just have to create a job like that. And, And then it took me probably... A year and a half to where I could live off of my, the income from the ads and stuff on my channel. And, um, and I never looked back. So if you can give yourself, you know, a goal and, and be working towards that goal every day, you, you're surprised sometimes of what you can accomplish for yourself. I think people don't give themselves enough credit of what they're able to do. And they fall too much into, I'm expected to do this and they don't do what they want to do.
2: Very good, very good uh, I'm curious you you came out to l a to do music pursue music um, are, do you still play music? do you still create I music?
3: I do, but I don't record it or anything like that. I don't mm-hmm. have any ambitions of having a band. I just um you know it's one of those things i i I had all that for years. I made records and um and then what happened crazy enough was that a friend of mine got everything I wanted he he got on the two record labels I always dreamed of being on. He got to tour with all the bands that I ever dreamed of, and then when he'd come visit me in Los Angeles, he would stink the high heaven because he'd say, "Well, we only bathe like twice a week because we, you know, we can only if we spend money on the road to stay in a hotel that takes away from the money when we're not touring." So I just started seeing what they were going through, and I go, "Wow, what I thought was my dream, I would hate." And that would, yeah. that would have turned me away from wanting to do any of that. So when my band members just kind of like were, you know, they all got real jobs. We were all at that point mm. where we were old enough and one became an accountant and one was like a vice, uh, some sort of local vice president of Under Armour. And you just go, these guys have real careers. They don't have the ambition I do. And it made me, I, I, in a weird way, I, it sent me down a few years of doing nothing But in the end, I think I would have hated music if I would have kept forcing myself to try and make it work in an unnatural way. And now I can still appreciate and enjoy all that. But I get to do something much different, Mm. you know, without the stress of like now I would hate it because you can't even make money being a musician really anymore. Like nobody wants to pay for concert tickets and nobody wants to buy, you know, songs or, you know, everybody wants everything to be free. So I, I always feel bad for musicians.
2: Do you, um, I know, do you, do you, uh, what do you, do you play instruments? Do you sing? What was your music?
3: Yeah, I am. I was the songwriter, singer, guitar player. I went to musicians Institute when I first moved out here and, um, and then a guy who was in my class became my best friend and he was, he wanted to be a recording engineer. So he said, Oh, you have great songs. I'll record you anytime you want. And we formed a band. And, um, to that, to this day, he's my best friend but he's now my accountant and he like <laughs> he's in the world of um accounting for the major movie production companies so he has to know all the entertainment laws and wh- you know what's legitimate and everything so for what I do it makes and you know so much of what I do is it it makes it like tax deductible because it's like a business but it's also you know of filming a TV show, you know. Yeah. So he he helps me keep everything legitimate and um, and make sure that I'm you know doing things the the right way legally. <laughs>
2: right, <laughs> that's right, way, right, you
3: know, right, That's how people always fall apart <laughs> is you know falling you know forgetting to do things or not crossing the t's and dotting the i's. He does all that stuff for me. So he's still my best friend and biggest fan.
2: That's cool. That's cool, yeah. well, Jordan. Uh, I want to thank you for giving us, uh, you know, a small part of your day, and uh, I want you to have a great rest of your day. And Thanks, let's let's get you back on soon. And uh, man, it was, do you have any of your cool sunglasses handy? Like, uh, like, could you put them on? I love when you do that.
3: Yeah. Oh, I do. I have a pair. Let me grab a special pair I have on display right over here. Okay,
2: that sounds good, man. Jordan the Lion. As well, he's doing that. I'll use my back scratcher.
3: <laughs> these are
2: yeah. my
3: they live roddy roddy piper autograph oh. sunglasses
2: wow Roddy
3: used to hang at the comedy store a lot and he uh that was one of my favorite nights of my life was uh walking into a dead comedy store with one person in the crowd and um one person on stage and I made a comment to the friend who was on stage and he goes, the person in the crowd starts laughing and I hear, even you're going to laugh at me, Roddy? And I couldn't believe it was <laughs> Roddy Piper. And, and I went over <laughs> and I said, sir, I've wanted to meet you my whole life. And he said, as soon as he's done, I'll be outside to spend some time with you. And he he every time he came to the store, Darren, he would sit and give you life lessons. Like literally, like he was like a prophet. So that yeah. was I, I always feel like that was one of the biggest things I took from the comedy store was getting life advice from Roddy Piper and then when he passed we had a memorial mm. for him there and I got to go to that so I I had this right over there by the glasses
2: yeah. that was wow yeah I met him a few times there as well it was through you know our buddy Steve Simone and and I met him at Meltdown Comics I got to do warm up for their podcast and man you're right it was uh you know he would treat you like gold, man. Like he would treat you like an old friend and just give like sage advice. And it was, I was, you know, shocked. He was just like so we all fatherly. were, you know, very
3: fatherly. And I'll, I'll yeah. never forget one of my favorite moments also was like I said, I, I used to hang out at the comedy store right before it had its rebirth, right? You know, basically people that are in the know it's when, to, when Tommy was still the booker there and it was pretty sparse there the main room. They didn't have shows in the main room. And I remember one mm. night walking in late mm. on like a Sunday and walking in the main room and um, seeing Roddy playing piano on that grand piano that used wow. to be on the stage. And I went and sat in a booth and I just watched and listened, didn't bothering and then looked across the room. And I saw Tony Hinchcliffe sitting in a booth on the other side, doing the same thing i was we just kind of like locked eyes we're like we have a private roddy piper moment concert right here and it was an original song that roddy wrote he's just playing this slow just and he told us he said that's where i learned to play all of his nights the comedy store and that piano up there he learned how to play piano on that so it was really sad when i heard they took that away
2: dang i know man But we're back. And I want to thank you for these great stories. And Jordan, uh, like I said, have a great day. Thank you again. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And, you know, give my best to everybody. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching you on YouTube soon. And uh, Thank
3: you. And thank you for having me on. It's very nice to meet all of your uh, all your viewers, listeners. And uh, it's nice to know that I snuck in one of those Weeks where Mike Black wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, we're gonna I, I very... when you have yeah. con- when you do podcasts with Mike Black. I think you guys have a great rapport. I love them thank,
2: thank you. He's so off. He's so good, and I love his slow storytelling, but he's really quick witted at the same oh, time. Oh, he's
3: the best. And- yeah, I'm a big fan of Mike Black's, yeah.
2: You know, uh, I don't. I know you're you're a very positive guy, and I and I and I think what we're going to do. You know, Mike Black. I I just thought of this right now. We also are going to do a meetup uh, with our fans, and we're going to do it New Year's Eve. We're going to watch The Waltons. I'm I'm just kidding. Can you imagine
3: competing with New Year's Eve? And And, it just Mike's going to be making his uh, Thanksgiving sandwiches, (laughs) his big home
2: sandwiches. And we're watching The Waltons on a phone. We're like, nobody showed up. I don't know why. Uh, You know, like. You know, that'd be like the most boring New Year's, but hey, you're the best, George. Hey, I'll see you soon. Thank you again. My pleasure, man. Great to see you. Okay, buddy. Bye bye. See ya. Bye bye.
3: We're done with this
0: interview. Everybody, listen to Darren Carter. We all know he's the party starter. So if you want to listen to a podcast for free, Then listen to The Pocket Party.